0: You are Locked on Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ryan Pace is expressing the utmost confidence in this Chicago Bears roster entering this 2021 season. And we'll really get to see if this team can live up to his word, his actions, and his plan for leading the Bears to success in 2021. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports one You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, join the Locked On Bears Facebook group, and make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Bears on our YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcast content coming your way as well. On the show today, we will hear from the Chicago Bears general manager, his thoughts on how the roster came together at the 53 man deadline here, how he feels about the depth on the team, the overhaul at offensive tackle and cornerback in particular, and finally, we will hear him. Pretty well grilled, I think, by the Chicago media about Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, and this quarterback plan. Gets backed into a corner a little bit, but sticks to his messaging and sticks really to the plan the Bears have been opting for all along. But as we kind of went through the 53-man roster prediction a couple of days ago and then reacting to the sort of second 53-man roster as they make some changes after the initial deadline, I think we kind of went in with... A couple of concerns here and there when we saw that first initial 53, but not Ryan Pace. Of course, he had a plan all along, but we saw some turnover on the cornerback depth chart, a couple of veterans released, one brought back, and Marquis Christian as well. Some turnover at wide receiver with a couple of homegrown players departing throughout this preseason, and now a couple of veterans from other teams now brought in, and plus the offensive line in general. Been injuries there, and then having to bring in Jason Peters late, and now. Ten guys on or I guess nine guys with Tevin Jenkins on on injured reserve. Nine guys on the fifty-three man roster and maybe some I don't know if concerns is the right word, but just seeing as how it's gonna come together here and just we haven't really seen this full strength offensive line just yet in this current form. And so we kinda had some questions about this fifty-three man roster, but you can tell that Ryan Pace in particular feels pretty strong about Not only where they stood entering this weekend but how they sort of compare this even to previous years with him as the chicago bears general manager what excites you
1: most about the guys that you have right now just you know we've talked about it through we've had a major competition throughout the team this this is one of the hardest cuts we've had you know i go back to kind of what i'm excited about it starts with our coaching staff really excited about the coaching staff but just the talent we've, we've we've naturally built throughout and i was just talking to scouts about that as we were looking at some of these guys we could claim and you know it's kind of nice in the past you look out there and we're talking about claiming you know five six guys and we weren't in that position this year and I think it's because we've built up talent throughout our team a lot of depth throughout our team a lot of competition throughout our team so you know inevitably when injuries occur anything happens I feel like we're ready for that. By all means
0: of course the general manager is going to feel good about the state of his team, going to feel like they're in a good position. That's his job, too. And if he didn't, that would mean he did something very, very wrong. But there was a particular phrase or set of sentences in there that stood out to me that I, I don't know – like he added these sort of details that felt a little bit almost like unnecessary when you start to dig into it a little bit about, you know, how – Compared to previous years, this year they didn't feel like they needed to do as much scrounging around because they felt good about the competition and the depth on this roster compared to previous years where they might have put in more waiver claims. And I, I'm a little bit skeptical of that specifically because when you look back to the last few years of roster cutdown days, the Bears have not really had that much turnover in terms of you know, swapping guys out for new outside free agents. You can go back through and look at all the Bears' transactions from the end of August and the first week of September before the week one game. I think last year they brought in Mario Edwards, having been released, I think, from the Saints most recently. They signed him like September 8th, a little bit into the preparation process for the season. Two years ago before that, they had brought in the defensive lineman Nick Williams. Right after the 53-man roster cut down, those were both veterans that that ultimately ended up playing some significant roles on the team. But you compare that to this year, they went out right away and nabbed two free agent wide receivers. One is going to be an immediate offensive contributor in Bashad Perriman, never been a special teams guy. He's either going to help this offense or not have a role on this team at all. And then also they go out and sign their top return guy. I mean, Simba is going to be... They're presumably going to be their punt and kickoff returner. That's what he did for the Los Angeles Rams in the past, Tariq Cohen on the physically unable to perform list. And he's going to be kind of a core four-phase special teams player. So to me, those don't seem like just like some luxury bonus players that they're bringing in because they saw a good opportunity to add. Like that felt a little bit more like kind of trying to fill a need right with this 53-man roster cut down days as opposed to last year and the year before grabbing a veteran rotational defensive lineman like Edwards or Nick Williams that came in really at the bottom of the depth chart and ended up working their way into much larger roles and playing out very well. Those were not bad moves by any means, but those felt a little bit more like luxury bonus take a flyer on a guy cuz you might have room for him compared to Brashad Perriman and uh, Simba who's going to be a little bit more of a a little bit more of a need and a little bit more you know necessary to help fill out this roster simba webster i kept forgetting his last name i had to stall (laughs) while i looked it up there as we go along but see I, i think it's fine for ryan pace to have confidence in the depth on his roster but i also think that means then there's no excuse if at any point then that depth becomes a problem or if it doesn't show up when and where they need it to like if if he feels good about the roster and then the roster that he feels really good about and says, you know what, we're, we should be pretty set. We feel more set this year than we have in previous years. If it turns out that you actually weren't set, then that really would fall then all the way onto the general manager's shoulder. If you're sort of really confident in top to bottom, your depth on this 53-man roster, he even raved, not in that clip, but other times about how even filling up the practice squad, they're really excited about all the talent that they have. He's really trying to sell you that they have all this depth and feel really good that even if they have injuries or whatever, they can have guys fill in. And that's great, and we will give them every opportunity to do so. But if they don't, it sure then would reflect poorly on the general manager that seemed very, very confident in those guys heading into the regular season, especially, I think, it's going to be big at cornerback and offensive tackle, the two positions we talked about earlier that had a lot of turnover. We heard Ryan Pace go fairly in-depth at both of those positions. We'll hear his comments and sort of judge how we feel about how, how genuine they are and, and the state of the team at two very critical spots next on Locked On Bears. An absolutely critical spot in my pantry is the home of the world's best-tasting protein bars, Built Bars. Just got in my shipment of a full box of salted caramel Built Bars. And I'll tell you what, it is a top-tier, first-round pick flavor. For me, the salted caramel Built Bar tastes like a Milky Way. you got the chocolate on the outside. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. But then they're still soft and easy to chew. And unlike other protein bars on the market... They're not chalky. They're not, you know, hard or, you know, some of them just don't have great consistency, but Built Bars really do hit a home run because they're low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. There's a reason... I keep ordering more and more every time I run out. They taste so good, I have to limit myself to really just eating one a day or else I'm just going to go through them too fast and spend all my money on Built Bars. But fortunately, our friends at Built Bar have a great deal for you. It's a deal I've taken advantage of multiple times as a host of the Lockdown Bears podcast. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% off your next order of Built Bars. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. As much as we focus on the Chicago Bears quarterback position, I think so much of this team's success is really going to hinge more generally on the offensive line and the secondary. But particularly, I think, offensive tackle and cornerback is where the trouble spots are or at least the let's call them the unknown spots because we don't know yet whether they're going to be just fine or whether there might be some trouble there of course quarterback is the most important position on the field not denying any of that with Dalton and Fields but I think I think we know generally who Dalton is as a quarterback at this stage of his career I don't think he's going to surprise us with something brand new and I, we we like to think we know what Fields is, or at least what Fields is going to be, so it's not so much a question for me of what exactly are they going to get from cornerback, whereas I don't think we know yet how good or bad this offensive line might be, and same with the cornerback position, because you had to cut some veteran players at those spots, some more well-liked than others, but you know, Kyle Fuller, very difficult to replace, and it's difficult to replace both starting offensive tackles in one offseason, but for now... You know, throughout this offseason, Ryan Pace and the Bears had a plan. They they executed that plan as to their best of their ability, best of their knowledge. By all means they you know, they're not throwing in the towel and say, oh, we just couldn't figure it out. They've got some veterans in there, some young guys in there. There's an, a nice mix of players. It's just nothing is is all that guaranteed. And we heard from Ryan Pace kind of about where his confidence lies in those groups and how he sort of sees that playing out moving forward.
1: It, it, what's neat about that, there's just a mixture of uh, young guys and vets. So you think about the corner position with Kendall Vildor. Like, we're excited about where he's heading and how he's playing. excited about Artie Burns. And then, obviously, Jalen Johnson. He's going to be a really good player for us for a long time. And That's not even getting into the nickels. And then with the offensive line, with Larry Borum, I mean, that's a guy. I know we've said it, but we had big-time grades on him. And, and he's been nothing but prove that since he's been here. And in the addition of Jason Peters, we talked about that a lot. Obviously, Noah has a lot of background with him, and man, if anything, he's exceeded expectations already in a short time here. So we feel like with Jason Peters and Larry Borum, um, along you know with the, with our other tackles, we feel pretty good. Ryan, mm-hmm. does this Peters seem like he can play? Would you feel confident? Yeah, it's exciting, Jeff. It is, you know. Um, you know, he's working back into football shape. You know, he knows that. Um, so we're being smart with that. But if you just watch his foot quickness and how he moves, his technique, um, his experience. Um, He's just—he's just a savvy vet that's still moving very well. So uh, I think that's a credit to the—the the athlete he is, and just keeping himself in good shape. What was the timeline with with Jason Peters in terms of when you kind of knew that that was an option that you wanted to pursue? We have—we have a ready list up there, you know, at all times. So We kind of know who's on the street. We know who we could potentially trade for. We kind of worked through that. So we talked about him a lot. We kind of kept tabs on it, um, and then once we knew. Kevin was going to have the surgery. That's when we said, okay, let's go ahead and explore
0: this. Seems like the buzzword lately for Ryan Pace has been competition. And I I really, I think, see that both ways. I, I see both sides of the competition issue that, yes, I mean, the cliches hold up. Competition breeds success. You know, the cream will rise to the top. It it brings the most out of players in in a, a format like football where you have top-notch the most competitive people in the world, athletes, guys really pushing each other. Competition can push and most often does push players to be better. Absolutely, for sure. But I also feel like what's better than competition is having like established players that you already know are great. Like you don't need you don't have competition when you got studs at positions, right? There's no competition for Khalil Mack. There's no competition for Akeem Hicks. There's not competition at the guard spots for for Cody Whitehair or James Daniels or Allen Robinson or Al Mooney. Right? You you only have competition when it's guys you're not sure about. You rare, very rarely is it. We have two really good players and we can't decide which of these really good players we should play. Usually the competition is you have to figure out if you have one good option or one passable option and and try and find one guy to go with out of a group of guys that you're just not really sure about it. And I think then if your competition goes on and you don't feel good about any of the guys in your competition, then you sign 38-year-old Jason Peters, right? That's That seems like the competition kind of ended when they signed Jason Peters. So competition can be a good thing, but it can also be a sign of, I don't want to say weakness, but a sign of unsettled and perhaps... risk right if there's a competition you don't know for sure what you're going to get as a result of that competition and and moving forward again I think Ryan Pace is allowed to be confident in his competitions producing and feeling like they had good options to choose from in those competitions and that the moves that he made at cornerback and offensive tackle can be absolutely successful for this Bears team this is not trying to be like negative doom and gloom, all these guys are going to fail, the team's going to be awful, and everything is terrible. No, I mean, Jason Peters may very well work very well, and we've seen flashes of Jermaine Effetti. He could be a solid right tackle. Kendall Vildor, young ascending player. This can be the year he takes that next step, and you could have two solid young cornerbacks for the future in this Chicago Bears defense. The reverse is also true, that things can also go poorly for both of them. But I do think the quarterback position has some potential to erase some of that. I still think... You will live and die on your cornerback and offensive line based on Andy Dalton and some of the things he requires. But if if Justin Fields can be everything we want him to be, that can overcome more deficiencies at some other spots. The Bears still sticking with their plan that they have stuck to from the very beginning at quarterback. Ryan Pace was really grilled about how he's going to handle it with both of these two guys. And we'll sort of hear some of the... Tough questions he was asked, and you can judge for yourself how you feel about the answers he gave next on Locked On Bears. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season, and BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest Half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL survivor contest open now at betonline.ag. Be sure to also take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you make a bet on the Thursday season opening game between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if your wager loses, betonline.ag will refund your bet up to $25. You just have to make sure that when you sign up, you enter their promo code NFL100. That NFL100 promo code will also get you a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit dollar for dollar so you have even more money to play with at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. If nothing else... Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, the Chicago Bears organization from top to bottom has been consistent on the quarterback plan, for better and for worse. Now, as we've gone and seen Justin Fields in preseason games, seen glimpses of Andy Dalton in preseason games, the questions are growing, and both metaphorically, you know, the murmur, the rumor, you know, just the idea of questions growing, and now more so literally, at Bears press conferences, you're seeing more and more questions, and I think harder and harder questions, or maybe more firm questions, more direct, and it's less dancing around it and more sort of following up and really trying to hammer home the specific points about Fields, Dalton, and the quarterback plan. Pace was really, I think, put on the stand to answer some of these tough questions, and you can kind of tell when he starts to get backed into a corner a little bit and maybe... The type of answers he's giving to the questions change a little bit. I don't want to like, I, I don't want to you know poison the jury ahead of time here. But I, I just, you you can notice some sort of change, and I, I'm curious how you interpret the way Ryan Pace's answers maybe shift toward the end here when uh, the questions get a little tougher, a little more direct, and start really trying to hammer down on the same key points. From your vantage point, what are the biggest pluses for Justin in being able to have this longer on-ramp and being able to start in a backup role?
1: You you guys know, especially playing quarterback in the NFL, there's so much that goes into that, you know, and so much different than you'd even see in the preseason, just the weekly preparation, seeing NFL defenses in the regular season, all those things, and I just think the more time he has to learn that and observe that, uh, the better off for him.
0: Ideally, ideally how
1: long would you like him to sit? How much say do you have in a decision when we will actually see Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, we haven't even really got started in the regular season yet. So, you know, our plan is, you know, uh, Andy's our starter, and uh, and we're we're rolling with that. You know, and I don't think anything's deviated from that as we've gone forward. We guys, we like that room from one to three. When I think about Andy and Justin and then Nick, I mean, that's a that's a strong room from one to three. I think a lot of teams would want to have that. From what you've seen from Justin during the preseason. If Andy wasn't playing up to expectations, would you feel comfortable with Justin <clears throat> being a starter? Um, the, those see those are all hypotheticals. Like I, I feel like Andy is playing well, and I don't. I think there's so much that goes into it. There's so many variables. I know Matt said that in the preseason play. You know who's out there. Uh, what are the conditions, um, the continuity of the starters, what we've seen from Andy this whole offseason throughout practices uh, and all the different situations we put him in, we feel good about where Andy is. So we're not going to get into hypotheticals, but we like our plan. What, right. stood out, what stood out to you about what Justin's done since he's been here, in, especially in, in preseason action? Yeah, I mean, just um, for me, you know, I, we obviously knew about the arm talent, the athleticism, the work ethic, all those things. But when you get him out there in an NFL environment, and he's, he stays calm in the moment, um, you know, I think his heart rate stays low, he processes fast, he goes through progressions. I think you feel like you see a lot of a lot of young quarterbacks who kind of stare down at an intended target. You see him working through his progressions, which I think is really good to see from a young quarterback. Why do you think
0: starting a backup won't derail that progress that he's made and not getting the same amount of reps will change anything?
1: You know, I just feel like we're in a you know, we're just in a good position with with Andy. You know, like like we it, it starts with how we do, how we feel about Andy, and we're very confident in him and where he's at. So there's no need for us to rush Justin.
0: Right. If, if Justin me? is the is the future of the franchise at quarterback, and the coach is saying he's ready to play, how is it not in the best interest in the long term of the franchise to start the process of
1: Justin playing and learning? Because. We feel Andy's in a good place too. You know what I mean. So it'd, it'd be different if we if we didn't feel that way. We feel Andy's in a good spot too. Like we're we're confident in Andy. And there's there's a lot of things Andy with Andy. I know we've talked about it before, but his experience. He's won a lot of games in this league. His decision making. His intangibles. His leadership. All the things that he's doing. There's there's so many veteran players that have come up to me and made comments about Andy Dalton and what he's doing in practices, in the locker room, in the huddle. All those little things that I think we're going to see pay off as we get into the season. So it's, it's more about Andy right now. We're excited about Justin. We're, I'm more excited than anybody, uh, but you know, we're just going to let this thing play out.
0: Ryan, when, when you brought in Justin, the, what we heard was that you guys were going to know when Justin's ready. By all indications, it seems that like you're confident in where Justin is. Is it wrong to think this seems to be setting up for whenever Andy isn't ready? Like, is it setting him up to, to fail in this spot?
1: You no, know, I think we'll know when we know. you know. Right now, you know, right now, like, I, I think we, we have a positive outlook, and that positive outlook goes off of what we've seen here every day with, with Andy, and that's Andy going to be leading our offense as Justin's progressing at the right rate. You know, our goal all along, guys, has been to win games with Andy and look over on that other field and see and look, look, look at this guy we got right here. Look, look at the future of this franchise that we have right here. That's the goal, and we haven't changed from that.
0: So I intentionally left a lot of the audio and video in there on the YouTube channel so you could sort of hear the progression of how the questions go. So I apologize, it's a little longer than we tend to go for, you know, just pure clips of someone, you know, of of Ryan Pace or whoever talking at a Bears press conference. But I wanted to be able to sort of capture the the larger progression there. And it just seems like it's this weird sort of dancing around, like, is it not easy enough to, to really just sit down and say, we think Andy Dalton gives us the best chance to win right now and we're going to start him week one. I mean, even if they, I mean, if they don't believe it, that's would seem like the easiest answer to kind of just settle things because it feels like, you know, they say they have this faith in Andy and we like Andy and we feel comfortable with where Andy is, but just that they, they're they trying to dance around this, this topic of, like, complimenting Justin Fields but not complimenting Justin Fields so much that they, like, put him past Andy Dalton, and then they also, like, kind of want to compliment Andy Dalton and express confidence to him, but not go so far into Andy Dalton to make themselves look bad if they pull Andy Dalton and switch to Fields sooner rather than later. So it's this weird sort of juggling act of act of sticking to their plan and kind of dancing around it in, in other terms. But I think, for me, what, what this whole plan comes down to is, yes, there is value, some value to Justin Fields on the bench. There is logic behind it it's not illogical it's not out of nowhere it's not on in isolation having Justin Fields on the bench is not purely a dumb decision by any means I think the issue is Andy Dalton and whether or not he truly does give you that best chance to win football games starting against the Los Angeles Rams in week one I think Justin Fields would be fine starting week one, just like Mac Jones is and Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And maybe, I mean, it sounds like Trey Lance, probably not in San Francisco yet, but he he would be fine in that opportunity. I also think it's not going to hurt him to be on the bench either. But the question is, will it hurt the Bears? Will they lose football games with Andy Dalton that they could have potentially won had they started Justin Fields? And what's the appetite for losing with Dalton when the Bears themselves have sort of said that Fields is is looking like he could play if he needed to and getting closer and closer to ready to go. We'll never know that you know if Dalton loses to the Rams in Week 1, could Fields have won that game? We'll be able to wring our hands about it and hypothesize until the end of time if we want to, but we'll never actually know what number of potential wins or losses Andy Dalton might cost the Bears compared to Justin Fields, depending on how long that leash is. But we have seen that teams like the Patriots have been able to change their quarterback plan and cut Cam Newton right before the season and start Mac Jones when they feel like that move is necessary and it just doesn't seem like the Bears have been as willing to be flexible and to change and accept some of the consequences of their actions and that's really what they're they're on now is they you know they told Andy Dalton he would be the starter and they're sticking to that and they're going to have some consequences from that whether it's negative consequences or positive consequences, whether it's wins or losses or Dalton plays really well or Dalton plays pretty poorly, the bears have really sort of locked themselves into this course of action to begin the season. And so then I think with Dalton, it comes down to then just like it was in Cincinnati and to some extent last year in Dallas, how good is your supporting cast around Dalton? If he has weapons, if he has an offensive line, if he has a running game and he has a defense, he could take a team to the playoffs. If any or multiple of those become issues, his teams fall below 500, and you have those previous teams kind of looking for something better at quarterback. The redeeming quality for the Bears is they will have something better at quarterback if Dalton isn't the one. And so that's where I think we can sort of hang our hat on watching this team. Ryan Pace seems to be confident in their overall direction here, but we're going to closely evaluate how Dalton and the rest of the supporting cast does from week one. And every week, he is still in the lineup right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe so you keep it up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. We will be back next week. Already, basically, game. it is going to be game week next week. We'll start getting into the rhythm a little bit more, looking ahead to the Los Angeles Rams before too long. And just before you know it, We'll be breaking down real, meaningful Bears football for you once again. I appreciate everyone who's followed along through the long offseason, through the preseason, and now joining us to get ready for the regular season. It has been a blast going through every step of the process with you. And I hope more than anything else, same way I end every podcast, I hope getting ready for the Rams and having regular season football here makes it that much easier for you to bear down.